Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. So last week, Pastor called me and he said, you know, hey, be ready to preach on Wednesday because uh, my mom was having surgery. He didn't know how it was all going to go. Um, so, and then today he told me, no, 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 we're good. We'll get right back into it. I'll be here. And then about 5.30, he called me again. Hey, you're preaching tonight again. I was like, well, good thing I had a, had a heads up and all the nervousness went away when he told me, hey, I've got it. It's like, all right, we're good. And then all the nervous, all the nervousness, exactly, came back when he said, hey, you're preaching. So, which is fine. I don't mind. I love preaching. Um, so Proverbs chapter 27. Uh, I read this uh, a couple weeks ago and just been doing some, some study on it and, and just, you know, seeing what the Lord just, just took me on a journey through this. So Proverbs 27 and verse number 7, the Bible says, The full soul loatheth in honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. The full soul loatheth the honeycomb. And it just got me to thinking, you know, this, the, the Proverbs is filled with just a bunch of practical wisdom, right? If you're trying to take all the verses that, in Proverbs and take the verses and chapters and just say, okay, well, let's make them all flow with each other, it, it's not going to. It's, it's a bunch of grandpa wisdom, common sense stuff that the Lord put in here. Like my grandpa says, common sense isn't so common. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's, yeah, anyways. So, and he would have let me do things the wrong way and then come back and say, well, do you th- see anything wrong with this? And I was like, no, it looks good. And then he'd point out one thing. We're on a job. He'd point out one thing. He's like, well, what about that? I was like, well, I didn't think about that. And he was like, well, that's what you get for thinking when you're not used to it. I was like, well, thank you, Paul. Anyways, um, so, but Proverbs is full of just a bunch of practical wisdom that we can apply to our everyday life. Um, so the Bible says, the full soul loatheth in honeycomb. And it got me to thinking that if you're not enjoying the things of God, then what are you full on? What are you enjoying? Because if the things of God are like, ah, I don't, I don't want this, then what is taking the place of church? What is taking place of the things of God? Because the Bible says the full soul loatheth in honeycomb. It's like when you get done with a meal, you get done with a nice juicy steak, or even 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 this. Like you're hungry, you run up to Taco Bell, get a burrito or two, get some of those cheesy fries or three, Brother Pettikoffer, three. Get some of those cheesy fries with the cheese. You eat it, and like, oh, man, that was a good snack, whatever, a good meal. Snack, nothing. That was a good meal. And then somebody calls you and says, hey, do you want to go to Saltgrass? It's like, ah, I'm full. I already ate. It's like, why doesn't Saltgrass sound good? Because you've filled up on Taco Bell, right? It's the same thing here. Well, not the same thing, but the same concept, all right? If we are filling up on the things of the world, we'll have no room to fill up on the things of God. Because you, you, are, you are loathing them. It's like, ah, oh, you loathe. It's like a despise. It's like, a, I don't want anything to do with this. And that's what happens to us whenever we fill, when we fill up on the world. And we fill up on the things of the world, the things of God we loathe, we despise. They're unappetizing to us. So as the verse says, the full soul loatheth in honeycomb. When you're full, all food seems unappetizing. No matter how good the food is, if you have just eaten a big meal, you are full and you have a five-star chef come out and cook you the best meal in the world. It's going to seem unappetizing because you are not hungry. 
And that's the same thing with our spiritual life. We have to fill up on the things of God. We have to keep filling up on the things of God because if we fill up on the worldly things, we're not going to have that appetite for the things of God. The same is true, vice versa. If we fill up on the things of God, there's not going to be room to fill up on the world. That's why it is very important that every day we get up and we read the Word of God. That's why every day we get up and, 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 we, and we pray and we spend time with the Lord and have Him direct all of our paths and everything that we do because if we are filling up on God, filling up on the things of God, we're not going to have room for the things of the world. But you can't be full on both of them. You can't be full on the things of God and the things of the world. Like the Bible says, you, you, you can't serve two masters. You either hate the one and, and despise the other, or you hold to the one. The Bible tells us that you can't serve both. You can't serve God and you can't serve mammon. What are you going to serve? What are you going to fill up? Are you going to fill up on God, or are you going to fill up on the things of the world, mammon? And it just got me to thinking about filling up on things, eating things. The Bible says the full soul loatheth in honeycomb. So they're appetites. There are things that we have that, okay, what are your appetites? So an appetite is a natural desire of pleasure or good, a desire for food or drink. It is passions directed towards a general object. So what are your appetites? Talking on a food side, so we're on this Whole30 thing and we can't have certain foods and y'all, most of y'all probably saw the video, okay? So... But it's, it's amazing that over the past 30 days, well, not 30, 27 days, Sunday, it's the last day. Anyways, looking forward, to sun, looking forward to Monday. I don't think I've ever said that before, that I'm looking forward to a Monday, but I am looking forward to Monday. Um, but your appetites, where was I? Oh, food, yes. Um, so it's, it's, it, it's amazing to me over the past 27 days, my appetites for certain foods have changed. Like used to, I would drink my coffee with creamer and other things. Now, I'm fine drinking a black. My appetites have changed. I became a real man. All right. But my appetites have changed to where I used to not really be a fan of zucchini squash or squash in general or asparagus or Brussels sprouts. Now I am. This is good stuff with some Texas peat. Yeah, and lots of salt. Um, but hey, I do like turnip greens. Turnip greens are some good stuff. That's good eating. Um, but going back to a spiritual sense, what are your appetites? Are your appetites geared towards the things of God? Or are your appetites geared towards the things of the world? Which way are they going? So how, how are appetites created? Right, if you think of your favorite food right now, the first thing that pops into your head, Mexican food. Amen. Can I get a witness? Some good stuff. So Mexican food, right? That was my favorite food, and it will be June 1st. Ha. All right, so Mexican food, your favorite food, the first thing that pops in your head. How did you create an appetite for that food? How did you create an appetite for that snack or that drink? Or, 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 or do you like Coke or do you like Dr. Pepper? Are you a Pepsi person? Are you a diet person? All right, how do you create these appetites? Well, the way they're created is by trying it the first time. And then it was like, ah, I like this. Let me, let me try it again. And then pretty soon you have an appetite for things. 
you don't know if, if you don't know if you like things until you try it. You see, my mom, growing up, my mom would make food, and it's like, oh, I don't like that. Have you ever tried it? No. Then how do you know you don't like it? It smells weird. Okay? If it doesn't pass this test, it's not going in here. But appetites are created by trying things, and that's the same thing with the spiritual sense. Our appetite for those worldly things are created because we tried it the first time. No matter what it is, no matter if it's, if, if it's entertainment, no matter if it's music, no matter if, it, if it's books or, or, or just whatever the case may be, those appetites are created because you tried it and then that's where addictions come in because you kept trying it and then you let it control you. We need to identify what our appetites are. We need to. Because if you don't identify what those appetites are, then you won't know what you need to change. You know, appetites are not a bad thing. All right? You can have appetites for good things. Like the past 30 days, my appetites have changed more to a healthy eating, more to a good eating rather than a bad eating. Now, do I still crave those bad things that are not good for me? Yes. I still crave pizza, some cheesy pizza. Like with extra cheese, cheese on top. Cheese. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going back into that. But your appetites are created, and, and even when you're trying to do good, there's still these, these old appetites that keep creeping up. Like we got some pretzels for Grant, and I went to go give Grant some pretzels, pulled it out of the bag, and almost ate it. I was like, oh, man, that was just like a reaction. Like it's what I've always done, pull it out of the bag and eat it. Let me just give it to him. So it's a constantly trying to change your appetites, being very aware of what those appetites are. And spiritually, we have to be aware of what our appetites are. As Proverbs says, the prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. So spiritually, all of us know what those appetites are, what those things are that trip us up. What, those, what, 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 those, what the New Testament calls those besetting sins. What are those things that trip us up? What are those things that we know if I go down this avenue of thought or if I go down this avenue, I'm going to end up here. So let me not even tempt myself with these appetites. Like being on a diet, it's not good to go to, an, to Golden Corral. Well, they're not open anyways. It's not good to order pizza from Domino's for somebody. All right? And I find it very interesting that we say, okay, we're going to start this thing as a family, we're going to do it, and then May the 5th comes around, and we get invited to people's houses for Mexican food, and then somebody else invites us for lasagna and baked ziti, and it's like, where were you last month, people? All right? But it's those appetites that we have to identify, that we have to know, know what they are. Another word that means, you know, that passion, that thing, that thing, that appetite that you have is affection. So I, I have an affection for this. The Bible tells us about affections. It says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So spiritually, we need to make sure that what we crave, what we desire, is the things of God. That they are the things of God. And that's why it's very important, like I said, that we get up and we read Scripture and, and, and we, we take note of what the Bible has to say. And we don't just read the Bible, but we let the Bible read us and we change what the Bible tells us to change. And we have to set those affections for those things. Now, when you start a diet, do you want necessarily, does your body want to eat healthy? No. Because... Eating healthy doesn't always taste the best, 
right? When I first tried asparagus, it was like, oh, what is this? When I first tried zucchini squash, it was like, oh, what is this? I, I don't know about this. I do love broccoli. I love green beans. I do love turnip greens. So they're just Brussels sprouts are still borderline for me, right? Not really sure about those. But it's one of those affections. You have to change your appetites. You have to change your affections for what is good for you. Whenever you try to, to change the appetites of your inner man, of that spiritual man inside you, it's not going to be easy. You know, if it were easy to eat healthy, everybody would be skinny. Everybody would. But it's not easy to eat healthy. It's not convenient to go home and cook chicken and a salad. It's more convenient to order takeout. It's more convenient to go order, order Chinese food or order pizza or, or stop through Chipotle and get a burrito bowl or a burrito smothered in cheese. Yeah, it's okay. I'm over the cheese thing, as you can tell. Um, but we have to change those affections. We have to change those appetites for the good things. Whatever we set our affections on will create those appetites. So that's why it's very important that we guard ourselves every day. Because we don't know how that one appetite or that one affection that we try that first time can creep up and become an addiction later in our life. When I say addiction, probably most of our minds run to drugs and alcohol, but an addiction is anything that takes control of you. Right? It can be electronics, it can be books, it can be, you know, work can be an addiction. And it's those appetites and affections that we have to guard ourselves, we have to walk circumspectly so that every day we are not creating new appetites that feed that inner man. If we want to change our appetites, that is going to require a conscious decision all right nobody became wealthy on accident unless you played the lottery or found a lottery ticket or something like that but those people who work to become wealthy they didn't just wake up one day and like wow i'm a millionaire it created it, it required a conscious desire and a conscious decision to say i am going to put money away i'm going to invest money i'm going to discipline myself tell my money what to do nobody became a millionaire or wealthy by accident it took a conscious change the same way is true nobody became became fit by accident all right somebody didn't go to bed weighing 600 pounds and wake up and be an athlete like oh wow look what happened i have no idea how this happened no, it took a conscious desire to eat healthy, to exercise, to, to make sure that you are putting the good things in your body that it needs. It takes a conscious decision. And spiritually, it takes a conscious decision for us every day to get up and read the Word of God, to spend time with the Lord. It takes a conscious decision. And how many times do we find ourselves, whenever we have identified a bad appetite or affection in our life that we say consciously, I'm going to change this. How many times that out of old habits do we find ourselves doing that again and we're in the middle of whatever this bad affection and this bad appetite is and we wake up and we think, wow, how did I get here? Okay, I, I, I'm going to make this conscious decision to turn and move away from this. Because changing is not easy. We just want to go with the flow. We just want to take the, the path of least resistance. That's the easiest way to go. But we have to make that conscious decision to change. So how do we change our affections? How do we change those appetites? Galatians 5.24. If you turn over there to Galatians. 
to Galatians 5.24. The Bible says, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We can't work out our inner man and change and make it healthy if we just leave all the old bad stuff there. It's just like our bodies physically. We can't just say, oh, I'm going to work out. I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to run. I'm going to do cardio. And afterwards, go eat a cheeseburger. And afterwards, go eat a buffet. All you can eat pizza. It doesn't work that way. And I fear that sometimes as Christians, that's how we try to act spiritually. that's how we try to behave. That we say, hey, I'm going to get up every day and read my Bible. We get up and we read our Bible and then hop on our car to go to work and listen to the wrong kind of music. Or we hop on our phone and we have the wrong kind of entertainment. That spiritually we are doing the same thing as if an athlete said, I'm going to work out and then go eat like junk. And go eat whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, and it doesn't matter. I'm working out. It's just like getting out of debt. All right, you can never, in, in having a budget, you can never spend enough money to keep up with your stupid. Right? If you live like you have a million bucks and say, oh, I'm just going to put everything on the card and spend and spend and spend and spend and spend, eventually you're going to run out of money. You're going to run out of this. You're going to run out of everything. And like, oh, but I, I, make, I work a good job. How many people have we heard of that they're making six figures, but they're bankrupt? That's because they just said, oh, I'm going to spend and spend and try to, try to outmake my stupidity. The same way in our spiritual lives, and I, and I, and I fear, and I, and I fall into this trap as well, that I say, hey, I'm going to make a conscious decision to get up and read my Bible, spend time with the Lord, and then I go the rest of the day and I act worldly. And that's where, where verse 25 comes into play. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. It is sad that we can have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of us and never let Him have one say in our life, in our day-to-day. It's amazing the Apostle Paul had to say, if we live in the Spirit, let us then walk in the Spirit. Too many of God's children... And, and I'm included in that. I'm saved. Everybody here, as far as I know of, is saved. Watching on live stream, probably most of y'all are saved. We live in the Spirit. We have the Spirit living inside of us. But how many of us are not walking in the Spirit? And like an athlete, we get up and we try to work out this spiritual man, but we're feeding the flesh. We're not walking in the Spirit. We're not letting the Spirit of God guide us. We're not letting the Spirit of God direct us. We're just saying, oh, and I've got a workout routine, and I'm doing that workout routine, and, but that's the only spot that this workout routine applies in my life, is when I'm working out. The rest of the time, I can do however I want. And I fear as Christians, we do that. Oh, yeah, I'm at church. Lord, speak to me. Oh, I'm reading the Bible. Lord, speak to me. What about all the rest of the time? Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, should I make this decision? Holy Spirit, should I do this? Holy Spirit, should I go there? And that is how we keep the right affections. 
That's how we keep the right appetites, is by walking in the Spirit, letting the Spirit guide us. You know, once we get done with this 30 days, it would have all been for naught if I just go back eating everything I want to. If June 1st, I say, all right, order pizza, order wings, order breadsticks, go get some ice cream and Dr. Pepper, and let's just whole hog this thing. Number one, I would be sick as a dog. But I fear that's sometimes what we do spiritually. It's where, wow, I've made this decision in my life. I'm going to get this fixed. All right, I come off a great week, and teenagers is the same thing. We come off a great week of teen convention and youth camp, and we go back, I'm going to do this, but we do all the same things we did before. We're not going to change. And the way we keep lasting decisions in our life, lasting, lasting dedication to the Lord, is by walking in the Spirit. We have to walk in the Spirit of God. You know, with, with the whole 30 and everything, you're supposed to identify those things that your body does not like, that make you feel bloated, that make your joints hurt, that give you headaches. And you'll identify those things as you start like reintroducing stuff. And spiritually, we have to identify what are those affections in our life that give me a spiritual headache? What are those appetites that I have, man, that make my joints hurt? Mm. Why do my fingers hurt? Why do I feel bloated? Why do I not, why do I not want to sing these, these hymns like I used to want to sing them? Why, why do I not want to witness to that person? When before it was like the Holy Spirit was like, hey, give him a track. And you're like, okay, yeah, here you go. Here's a track, man. Read this. I'm, it looks like you're in a hurry. Read it when you get a chance. Or when the Holy Spirit told us, hey, pray for this person. All right, I, let, let me stop and pray for this person right now. Let me text this person. Let me call this person. We have tried to qualify spiritual appetites sometimes that the Holy Spirit gives us. And, and we get that Holy Spirit urge that I need to do this right now. We try to analyze and say, well, why, why do I need to do this? Ah, it's, it's this. Or we try to dismiss it. No, when you, and that's why we have to walk in the Spirit, because when we have those Holy Spirit thoughts, when we have those things that the Holy Spirit tells us, make this decision now, we need to do it. But that only comes when we change our appetites and walk in the Spirit. Going back to, the, the, to my text verse, the full soul loatheth the honeycomb. We can't fill up on worldly things and expect to still have this love for God. If we want to have this, this, this whole heart, whole mind, whole body love for God, we have to keep those spiritual appetites coming. But Galatians 5, verse number 9, I find it very interesting. It's in the same chapter. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. How many times have we heard of people going on a weight loss program and as you can tell, eating healthy is like at the forefront of my mind right now. How many times have we heard people, wow, those people, they lost weight, they were on this program, they were doing good and they ate an Oreo. I say that because there's a brand new package of Oreos sitting in our pantry. It's been sitting there for a month now. We didn't get to eat them before we started. So Oreo was the first thing that came to my mind. But how many people have we known that, wow, it, it, 
they did good, but then they ate one thing, and now they slipped right back into whatever. How many Christians have we known that they got right with God, they turned their life around, they were in church, they were participating, they were leading people to the Lord, and they listened to that one song. They met up with that one friend. They went to that one old haunt or old habit. One time's not going to hurt. A lot of people have said that and destroyed their lives. It's like the proverbial redneck. Hey, hey, y'all, watch this. That's why it's very important that every day we walk in the Spirit. Because it only takes one appetite or affection to slip us right back into these, into this old man, into feeding the old man. And then we try to justify it. Uh, well, it actually wasn't that bad. Well, if it wasn't that bad, then why did you give it up back here at a conference? Why did you give it up back here at this sermon? The Holy Spirit convicted you. You were down at the altar crying and telling the Lord, Lord, I know this is not making me the person that I need to be. I'm going to give it up and give it to you. But now, a year later, two years later, uh, that was just an emotional decision. It, it doesn't really affect me. It doesn't really hurt me. And then six months down the road, our love for God is next to nothing. Our participation in everything going on is next to nothing. We don't have those appetites for the things of God because we've been filling up on the honeycomb of the world. That's why it's very important that our appetites and that our affections stay on the Lord. And they do that by walking in the Spirit. And I find it very interesting that Paul qualified that statement. If ye live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We all need to be living in the Spirit of God, and that's salvation. We need, we, need, we need the Spirit of God living inside of us. We need to live in the Spirit of God. But we also need to walk in the Spirit of God. And that's letting Him take our lives day by day and direct our paths in the way we should go. If we live in the Spirit, let us also then walk in the Spirit. Lord, we love you. I pray that you would just use your truth from the Word. And, and, and even though it was my mouth speaking, Lord, I pray that you just speak through your, use your words Convict our hearts collectively, Lord, like you did mine when I read it, when you gave me this truth. And I pray that we would always stay walking in your spirit and do not let the affections of the world, the appetites of the world creep in and fill our lives. I pray that daily we would give ourselves to you. I pray that daily, Holy Spirit, we would let you guide us and direct us and show us exactly the kind of Christians and the kind of people that we need to be for you in witnessing, in our character,